Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. Well, I've had a few weeks just to kind of think and meditate and ponder on God's Word. Seems like I haven't preached for a while. Rick, you preached a couple weeks ago, then the missionary preached last week. I've been having a vacation, I guess. That ought to be good today, I guess. I don't know. Um, I was just thinking about, you know, I started three weeks ago in Ephesians, and we looked at the first part of the first chapter, and I got down into the end of chapter one where that powerful prayer is. And that's where I'm eventually going to get to today. So, Bruce, you can call this Ephesians part two, okay? But I got to thinking, one of the aspects of renewing our minds, you know, as we're Christians, we come into to the into Jesus Christ, uh, he saves us, our spirit is made new, right? But there is a process that we go through to renew our minds, right? One aspect of renewing our mind is to come to the place in life where we truly believe that all things are possible. That's why I attempted that song this morning, All Things Are Possible. Because that's one of the things that makes us look like Jesus Christ. When we come to the understanding where, you know, in in the natural, you can look at it and be discouraged, man. No, it's not possible. Can't do it. Can't do it. Never been done before. Every time I've done it, it's it's failed. But, But when we come to the place where we look at a situation and we start to see the possibility, you know that we're being conformed into the image of Jesus Christ, right? You know, things that we couldn't imagine happening in times past suddenly look like everyday possibilities. And we could go around this room and we could tell about testimonies where you've been facing a difficulty in your life and everything in the natural said it was impossible, but somehow God came through. Somehow the doctor's report was wrong. Somehow you got a house in a market where there was no houses available. Somehow your bills ended up getting paid and you don't even know where the money came from. We all have those testimonies, amen? But we need to be continuing to increase and grow in that because I'm telling you, if one impossible thing is possible, all impossible things are possible. Come on, that's good, right? So God lives in the realm of endless possibilities. Nothing's impossible to him. Uh, Job, you know, Job got some things wrong. You got to love Job. He said, he, he spoke about things that he didn't know about, but he got this one right. It says in Job 42, two, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. I know that you can do all things. This is the mindset of God. Of course he can do all things, right? And no purpose of his will be thwarted. Come on, that is good to know right now when you see so much in our world that is pushing in, trying to thwart and undermine the purposes of God. It's good to know that he can do all things and not one of his purposes will be undermined or thwarted. Come on, thank you God for that. And you know what? I just had a sense this week for the first time this is just me. You, you pray about it. You tell me if, if you sense it too. But when I see the world, you know, you watch too much news, you can get discouraged, man. And, and you see this stuff going. I had a sense that, that we've been pushing so far into craziness, just woke culture, craziness stuff, that the pendulum is starting to kind of come back. People have just kind of had enough. And I think that there's going to, I think the devil maybe overplayed his hand. I'm good with it too. Yeah. But pray about that. But anyway, either way, 
Be ready for God to move because I'm declaring to you prophetically on the authority of the word of God, none of his purposes will be thwarted or undermined. He will accomplish everything he wants to accomplish. He has got an answer for the craziness that we live in right now. Jeremiah said something similar. I like this because this is an old song I used to listen to when I was younger. Ah, Lord God, it is you who has made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm and nothing is too hard for you. Nothing is too hard for you. That tells me that we're never going to get into a situation where God is just stumped. You know, you go to God. God, it's a real mess this time. I don't know how you're going to do it. And he's just sitting there. Man, give me some time to think about it. He's never going to be there because nothing is too hard for him. Do you remember when the angel Gabriel came to Mary? Because he's about to give her news that she's going to be pregnant with Jesus, with the Messiah. And uh, he comes and he told, tells her all this and he gives her this whole long thing and shows up in the room. And, and uh, <clears throat> what's her question? She says, how shall this be? How is this going to happen? And he answered her in Luke chapter one, verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the son of God. And skip down to verse 37. I love this. For nothing will be impossible with God. I like how he says that. For nothing will be impossible with God. It's almost like it's the principle of the thing. You know what I mean? I'm going to do it this way and it's impossible to you, but I'm going to do it because nothing will be impossible with God. It's kind of like the attitude that Elijah had, you know? Remember when he poured water on the, on the altar before he called fire down from heaven? Come on, we think we need to help God sometimes, don't we? Guys, go get the driest wood possible. Let that sun hit it. Maybe give me a lens. I'll try to get it. You know, we think we need to help God. Sometimes he's, he, he was actually doing things that would make it more difficult. Why? Because nothing shall be impossible for God. Amen. Come on, just lift your hands and thank him that there is nothing that is impossible for God. So whatever you're facing, whatever I'm facing, whatever is going on in the world today, nothing shall be impossible for God. Nothing is too difficult for him. Nothing is too hard for him. Everything is possible. And so for God, nothing is impossible. And so Jesus comes, and when he walked in the earth, he had that mindset too. But you know what inspires me about Jesus? He was inviting his followers to also take on that mindset. He taught his followers to believe that there would be nothing impossible for them if they would believe. He is inviting us to live in his realm of everything is possible, in his realm of possibilities. Look at Mark and chapter 9. This is the story when Jesus was up in the Mount of Transfiguration. He took some of the disciples with him, but the rest of the disciples, there's they were like nine of them down there and they were got in a debate with the Pharisees because a man brought a son who had a, de a, a demon 
who caused seizures, basically. And this demon would come upon him and he would seize up and the demon would cause him to fall into the water and into the fire to try to kill him. Could you imagine, I don't know how old this boy was, but when Jesus asked him, he said, how long has he been like this? He said, from a child. Could you imagine the, 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 just the exhaustion the parents must have had raising a child like that who needed that kind of constant attention where they're falling into dangerous places constantly, the, the desperation of this man and, and the hopelessness that he's had. Because why? Because since a child and he saw no improvement all his life. And so now he comes to the disciples. Jesus is still on his way back from the mountain and uh, the disciples couldn't get the job done. Let me tell you something. You maybe pray or somebody prays for you and you don't get the answer. That is not how you determine the will of God. Let me say it more clearly. The disciples tried to minister deliverance to the boy, but they didn't get it done. The father could have said, well, must be the will of God that that not be the will of God for him to heal me. But Jesus came and what did he do? He said, bring him to me and he healed him. So the disciples' failure did not determine the will of God right? It was still God's will to heal him. Just because you maybe fail or I maybe fail to get something done doesn't mean that God is not willing to continue to help. Do you get what I'm saying? How do we know the will of God? Hebrews 1, 1 through 3, it talks about Jesus Christ being the exact image of God, the exact uh, imprint of his character, the exact image. So if you want to know what God is like, you look at Jesus. He never failed. He never turned anybody down. So your failure, my failure doesn't mean a whole lot when it comes to understanding what God's heart and God's will is. Amen. So I just encourage you, if you have a Bible promise, stay on it. Don't back off. Maybe you fail once, maybe you fail twice, maybe you fail 10 times. Don't let go of that Bible promise because I want to stir us up today. What I felt today, what my job was this morning was to stir you up and to stir me up to believe that everything is possible. Come on, we've lived long enough. We've seen disappointments. Things have gone on longer than we think they should have. So we kind of let things go. We, we give, I mean, do I really want to go and have hope for that again? Yes, yes, because nothing shall be impossible with God. Nothing shall be impossible with God. So they bring the boy to him in uh, Mark nine twenty. When uh, When the spirit saw him, Immediately it convulsed the boy and he fell to the ground and rolled about foaming at the mouth. There you go. Isn't it funny when you start to pray how the circumstances sometimes look like they're exactly opposite of what you're praying for? Yeah. Big deal. (laughs) Doesn't mean anything, does it? Maybe if it means anything, it means you're about to get your answer. And this is the devil's last ditch effort to keep you from entering into a place of limitless possibilities, into a place of faith. And so Jesus asked the father, and I love this. This is crazy. When you read the Bible, just you got to like use your imagination and see it there. Jesus, the boy's foaming at the mouth and he starts a conversation with the father. Well, how long has he been like this? There's this boy, you know, having this episode. It didn't shake Jesus. Why? Because he's not looking at the circumstances, right? You and I are not supposed to be looking at the circumstances to determine if God's word is true. We're looking at the word of God to determine if God's word is true. So he says, how long has this been happening to him? He says, from childhood. He cast him into the water and the fire to destroy him. But listen to this. But if you can, if you can do anything, 
If you can have pity on us, have compassion on us and help us. And look at Jesus's answer. It must, he must have thundered back. If you can, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. All things are possible for one who believes. Come on, that's what I want to tell you today. All things are possible for one who believes. How many believers in here? Come on, raise your hand. You're a believer or you're not here. Okay, that means all things are possible for you. Right now, this morning, all things are possible. All things. In, in Matthew's version, uh, they are asking him about it later. And he says, the disciples came and privately said, why couldn't we cast it out? It's a fair question. Come on, you go to God when you fail. You know, you pray for somebody, you don't see what you needed. God, what did I do wrong? Teach me, grow me, help me. Fair question, good answer. What's he say? Because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Nothing. Come on, what are you facing today? Man, have faith in God because I'm telling you, nothing you're facing is impossible for you today. Nothing. Right now. Not going to be, not someday, not when the spirit moves, not when you finally get mature. You're in Christ right now. Let's believe him right now today. And let's believe that he says that right now today, nothing is impossible for the one who believes. So Job said, I know you can do all things. You can do all things. Do you know who else said that? Come on, what's that sound like in the New Testament? Come on, Paul. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's bold words, isn't it? But look at Paul. He's living in the realm of limitless possibilities. And here's a man whose impact is still being felt throughout the world today. Because he lived in this mindset of limitless possibilities. Come on, God wants to strengthen you today so that you can receive things that otherwise would be impossible. And here's the thing. If you go out in Jesus's name and do what you can do, that's honorable. Go do that. But if you go out in Jesus's name and do what only he can do, who gets the glory? (laughs) Come on, God gets the glory. Because you and I don't have the natural ability to, 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 you know, move mountains and curse trees and bring healing, not in ourselves, but in Jesus we do. So when we do the works that only Jesus can do, it's evidence that we're connected to God and God gets the glory. For nothing shall be impossible for God. So to live for God is to live in a realm where anything is possible. And to be connected to God is to be connected to a power that makes all things possible. And so there's this verse, and, and uh, this verse has been a verse I've pondered for years, decades. I love this verse. I, I don't fully understand it. Maybe you do, and you can explain it to me. But, but I love this verse, and, and we're about to use it for um, a memory verse. And so I got to thinking about it again. It's John 1:12, And it says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Isn't that interesting how that word, right to become? Anybody understand that? Got an answer? Come on, where's my theologians? The right to become. I just, I ponder on that because to become something, uh, we, we need to become something that we're not. 
when we come into Christ, we need to let old things go and become something, right? Now, we know in Christ, you're already a new creation. Spiritually, you're reborn. You're a new person right now, right? But in the process of growing into him and renewing our mind, I am growing up into full sonship, to full being a full-blown child of God where I, where I represent him and act like him and look like him, Right? I mean, my son is my son now, but as he grows, uh, he will become into maturity. He'll be making decisions on his own. He'll be doing things. And if I teach him right, there will be certain things that I pass on to him, right? And there are things in God's nature and his character that he wants you and I to become. He wants you and I to grow into. Become is a verb. And it means being made into something that we weren't before. That's what it means. It implies taking on the qualities and character that we did not possess before, something new. And so we all need to become like God, amen? And here's what's amazing. He gives us the right to do this, right? He says he gave them, what's this, what's this one say? He gave, gave the right to become. The word there in the Greek is the exosio uh, word, which means authority. He gave you, if you believe on him, he gave you the authority to become. So he gave you the authority to enter into his realm of endless possibilities and speak for him and to be a full grown child of God in this world. That's an amazing thought to me. So in Jesus, we're invited to live this life of possibility. And so I just got to tell you, we need to think a lot bigger than what we've been thinking. We've been settling for things that we need not to settle for. Now let's go to Ephesians chapter one and verse 15. Let's look at this amazing prayer that, that Paul prayed. He says, for this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love toward the saints, I do not cease to give thanks to you, remembering you in my prayers. And then he goes on, he starts the prayer. And it's one of those run-on sentences that the whole thing is one sentence long. So we're going to take three verses of it and put the pause button on it. But he says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might." She found her voice again. I told her brother and her sister, I said, you listen. Listen to how she thinks she's talking to you. It's because that's all she hears from you. <laughs> I said, you ought to quit arguing around here all the time. <laughs> no, she's singing. She's singing. But here, Paul is praying a prayer. Paul is praying a prayer, and I want you to know he could have prayed anything. He could have said, God, bless the Ephesian people with, uh, with health and jobs. Give them favor with their employers. Meet all their needs. Heal their marriages. Protect them from the Romans and keep them out of temptation. Come on, that would have been a great prayer. Paul could have prayed anything he wanted. But he's, you can tell he's caught up in the spirit. And he's just, he's just writing so quickly out of his heart, man. And this is what he prays. He prays that God would enlighten the eyes of their heart. God would open the eyes of their heart 
some translations might say, open the eyes of your understanding or open the eyes of your heart. I mean, the word there in the Greek, I looked it up, it's I. It's I. It means to see. And, and, and in the natural, it means to see with your eyes. But metaphorically, what does it mean? It means to be able to uh, see with the eyes of your mind or see with your, you know, in your, in your mind or to be able to, um, uh, it actually says this, the faculty of knowing, the faculty of knowing. You know, somebody's explaining something to you and you're like, you're stumped and you don't get it. And all of a sudden it clicks and you go, I see, right? I see what you mean. I understand. I know now. That's what he wants us. He wants us to have a knowing, an understanding of some things. And so, you know, in the natural, this ability to see with your mind, we call that vision, right? We need vision. Where there's no vision, people perish, right? Somebody who's able to see out and imagine what could possibly be, we would call that person a visionary, right? A visionary. It's just in the natural. But here's Paul. Instead of praying for needs to be met, he prays for the Ephesians that they would have the ability to see beyond the natural things. Why? So that they could know three things. One, the hope to which they were called. The hope. Christ in me, my hope of glory. That's good, isn't it? The hope. What's the Christian hope? The resurrection, be part of the new creation. The hope that he comes back and sets everything right. Man, that's my hope that I'm called to. And he wants me to know and understand that. The second thing is the riches, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And what are the riches of God? You know, there's his riches of his wisdom, the riches of his might. He's got so many riches. He says, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. And so he wants us to know the riches. And this is the one I want to talk about for just a minute today. The immeasurable greatness of his power. He wants us to know the immeasurable greatness of his power to us who believe. So it's a prayer. It's a prayer for our eyes to be open so that we can understand something that God has already provided for you and me in Jesus Christ. His power. And, you know, I want to tell you this. The power is working in you right now. Right now, as you sit, no matter how you feel, no matter what's going on, I just want to declare to you that this power is working in you right now. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly uh, than all we ask or think, according to the power that is at work within us. That power is working in you right now. You say, well, I don't feel it. Sometimes you feel it, but maybe you don't feel it. I mean, that's okay. Think about it. You don't really feel your body until something's wrong. I mean, really, right? In the natural, I mean, you don't notice your lungs until your breathing is labored. You don't notice your heart until your heart rate is elevated or it skips beats or something. I mean, anybody ever think about your kidneys lately? Not until you get a stone or something like that or a kidney infection right? You don't notice things if it's working. I'm telling you how you're sitting there and how you feel right now. This is natural. The power of God is working in you. You don't have to feel it for it to be working in you. Do you know when they felt it? In the Bible, yeah, I can show you in the Bible and I can show you by just what I've experienced and what you've experienced. You feel it when it's released or when it's working or when it's moving. That's oftentimes when you feel it. Sometimes you're aware of a stirring or whatever, but, um, but a lot of times, if you feel it at all, you feel it when you're praying or ministering, right? 
Sometimes people will pull it out of you. You ever counseled a friend who, who was just desperate and needed help from God and they're pulling it out of you, man. And you can feel the presence of God in you going toward that person because they, they're so desperate, right? But uh, in its working, sometimes you feel it. But I'm telling you, just sitting here, I'm telling you the power is working in you right now. And because that power is working in you, I want to tell you nothing is impossible for you. So I'm just telling you, this is a normal, healthy state for a Christian. Power of God working in you. And so what is this power? This power I'm talking about, the power to us who believe. And how do we recognize it? How do we know it? Look at Luke chapter 6, and I want to read this, this little thing. Uh, I love this passage because it says, Jesus came down with him. He stood on a level place. A great crowd of disciples uh, and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. I mean, come on, Judea, Jerusalem, Tyre and Sidon, that's a pretty big area right there. If you look on a map, they're coming from all over. Verse 18, they came to hear him and to be healed. They came to hear and to be healed of their diseases. And those, so let me ask you this. Did they come with intention? What did they come to do? It says very clearly, they came to hear, they came to be healed. Where are you going? I'm going to go see Jesus. What are you going to do there? I'm going to get healed of my disease. Look, they had the ability with their inner eye, their inner man, to see the possibility of them being healed. And that's with a hope and the expectation that they came to Jesus with. Man, don't give up that hope. Don't come to church ever just thinking, oh, I'm just going to go and we'll sit there. Then we're going to go home and we're going to eat. What are we going to do? We're going to go eat lunch afterwards. We got to run by, by Walmart. You know, you, 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 whatever it is, man, come with intention to receive whatever you need from God. I'm going to go get healed right now. I'm going to go get my needs met right now. I'm going to go get prayer and God's going to meet my needs. Because I'm coming with intention to hear and to be healed. Amen? And those who were troubled with unclean spirits, it says, were cured. And all the crowd sought to touch him. And I love, this is my favorite part. For power came out from him and healed them all. Power came out from them. And God wants you and he wants me to know this power that is working in you. And look at this power that's in Jesus. And when it comes out, man, the demons are gone. People's diseases that were incurable are cured, just like that. This power that's otherworldly to a sense, it imposes itself on this world and changes things in this present world. And this is what you and I are a part of. So they came with intention. They came to him with the hope that their circumstances would change. They saw themselves well. They could see in the eye of their mind, in the eye of their heart, in their understanding, they could actually see themselves living without that chronic condition. They could see in their mind their children living without demonic oppression. So, so they could see themselves well because they could see with the eyes of their heart. They could know this power. This is what God wants us to understand. Look at Mark chapter 5, 25. This is the woman with the discharge, the issue of blood. 12 years she had it. 12 years. Man, don't let the time period ever dissuade you from thinking it's been too long. This woman had it for 12 years, but she still came to Jesus and she could see herself being made well. How do I know that? Because she said in verse 28, if I touch his garments, I will be made well. <laughs> 
That's what she's seeing in her heart, man. I will be made well. She could see herself getting to him and touching that garment. And when she did, she said, I will be made well. She believed it. And it didn't matter that it was 12 years. I mean, how long were the people of Israel waiting for the Messiah when the angel showed up to Mary? The first prophecy was Genesis 3. That was about 4,000 years before that angel came and visited Mary. She could have said, man, you know, we've been believing this for all my life. <laughs> really? For 4,000 years. But the promise was no less powerful by virtue of the passing of time. Think about that. The promise was no less powerful just because all those years passed. The fullness of time came. God sent forth his son, born of a woman. Doesn't matter how long it was. Remember the guy, the cripple in the Bible in Acts chapter three, I think, 40 years, 40 years a cripple. And then when he met Jesus, boom, fullness of time for him, he's healed right there. Remember the woman bent over for 18 years. Bible says she had a demon. She's bent over for 18 years, could not straighten up. 18 years bent over. And that day she met Jesus and he set her free. And 18 years of sickness was undone just like that in a moment. I'm telling you today, if you hear his voice, today is your day. Today is the fullness of time. It doesn't matter how long you've been dealing with things. Right now, I want to stir us up for everything is possible. All things are possible. Just because it's been a, a year, two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years, does not make it impossible. For none of God's word, all things, what's the angel say? Nothing shall be impossible for God. So she says, if I touch his garments, I'll be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up. And listen to this. She fell in her body. I love that. She felt in her body. She could feel something. And what amazes me about this is Jesus, Jesus, well, let me read the next verse and I'll tell you what's amazing about it. She fell in her body. She was healed of her disease. Jesus perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him. Look, he didn't direct it. He didn't. She touched his garment. He didn't even know she touched him. The power left him, healed her body, and he turns around in the crowd and he says, who touched my garments? And the disciples are like, everybody's touching you. He's like, no, somebody touched me in faith. They pulled the power out of me. He didn't direct it. He didn't even give her permission. She didn't ask permission. She took it. And Jesus was happy with her for that kind of faith. Amen. He didn't direct it. But listen, heaven's power always wants to make things right. This is what heaven's power does. The power that's working in you right now is always working to make things right, to bring things into alignment with the will and purposes of God. So the power that's working in you right now is the power that's raised Jesus from the dead. It's the power that, that Jesus used everything he did, every person he healed, every person he delivered, every person he set free. It's the same power. That's why we sing that song, the very same power, right? I'm not going to sing anymore today. I'm sorry. <laughs> they raised Christ from the... I'm going to, I say I'm not going to. That's a good song. It gets in your mind, man. But uh, that, that power is working in us today. And uh, that's, that's, I wanted just to stir us up to believe God today. Let's believe for things, things that maybe we've let go just by virtue of the passing of time. That one was real strong on me when I was preparing. Man, pick them back up and let's believe God. 
right? Can you see yourself uh, uh, living without that, that, that thing that you've settled with? right? Can you see, you know, your kids coming back into relationship with you? Can you see your, your bills paid? Can you see these things that, that you need, uh, your relationships healed? See, the power of God is here right now. The power of God is working in you. And the spirit of God cannot be separated from the power of God. Remember Acts 1 and 8, what's he say? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be my witnesses. God has things for us to do, but we're not going to be able to do them without the power of God. You know, he calls you. He really calls you, and he calls me to a life of impossibility. I've heard people say, you know, if your vision is possible, it's not big enough. Go get a God vision and go do something. And I'm telling you what, it stretches you. Sometimes it stretches you. It's hard because you're like, God, really? And stretching and pulling. But, but man, go ahead and, and let God enlighten, open the eyes of your heart and your understanding so that you can see this power that's at work in you and see what he wants to do, that he wants to do in you and through you beyond all that you can even ask or imagine. Amen? Amen. You stirred up? Are you stirred up? You ready to believe God? Okay, I don't have a band really today because Tom's gone. Well, I think we can have a time of prayer. Can we have a time of prayer? Anybody have a need that you want us to pray for? I'd be very happy to pray for you just to make your way to the front uh, at this time as the music plays, as the music doesn't play. With every head up and every eye looking around, you know how, you know how it works. But yeah, Bruce, you going to play? You, you, pray, you need prayer? You need prayer. You'll play something for me. Hallelujah. Irene, Kim, come on up here and pray with me. You can bring the baby. It's all good. It's all good. I see like, there's the baby bouncing section in the back. Oh, the mom's bouncing. Hey. Eli's healed of his allergies. Praise God. That's awesome. We've been, we've been praying for that for a, a good year, probably. A good year. And that poor kid could not eat almost anything. His allergies are gone. Come on. Somebody give God glory in this place. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, you don't stop. I mean, I remember you you had us come over to your house and pray at one point, right? Just because we didn't get it done that moment. You don't stop because I didn't determine whether God was willing or not. Maybe we didn't get it done as fast as we could have or whatever, but you don't stop. And praise God. You do not stop. Free of his. That's right. Praise God. Praise God. I love it. I love it. So you guys just pray for your neighbor or something. We're going to minister here for a minute. Pray for your neighbor, whatever they need. Just pray by the Spirit. Speak a blessing over them. In Jesus' name.